This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray, a member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie Hargrave. Welcome to Thursday Watch of the Lord. I'm uh, filling in for Dale Gentry this morning, and we're so excited to be with you. We're so happy to be doing the work of the Lord. I want to encourage you, if you are just now listening into BPN Radio or a first-time listener, uh, really get behind this ministry. I believe God is raising up is using this ministry to raise up prayer warriors across America. Uh, Dale Gentry is a mighty man of God's. Uh, him and Gene have been married 50 years. They've been in ministry over 50 years. There's not a finer man and woman of God that I know. I just want to encourage you to begin to pray with us and believe for this uh, awakening that I believe is already hitting the church across America and across the world. Today, I have an amazing guest. I'm really excited. His name is Jeff Gillihan. He is um, the pastor of my oldest daughter and my son in love in Midland, Texas. And they moved there uh, a couple of years ago and ended up finding this um, this church and finding this pastor and his wife and my daughter is so happy um, being under his ministry, and I've had the opportunity to hear him preach once uh, in person and then been online to hear him several times. But I've, I have him as a guest today, and we're going to talk about his, um, his testimony, his life. We're going to talk about the adventure of a lifetime, and so I'm so excited to have Pastor Jeff Gillahan. He pastors in Midland, Texas, Calvary Assembly of God Church. Pastor Jeff, so, th- so thankful you're here today. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you this morning. Thanks for the invite today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can you give me just a little bit of your background? I know that you were raised in a Christian home and you didn't always serve the Lord, but tell us just a little bit about you and your wife. Sure. Yeah, I, I was raised in, uh, I was born and bred in the Assembly of God Church in Northern Illinois and, uh, you know, grew up there all through the, you know, children's church on up through Royal Rangers and youth group and, and all of that. But uh, I got to a point as a teenager, then as a young adult, that I really, really just began to stray away from from the Lord and the things that God would have for my life. And and I think a big part of it was just because as I, I grew up in the church and I heard about, you know, Jesus and heard about living for him, I just never saw where my life fit into that. I never saw, you know, where the adventure might be in that. So I had a lot more fun, honestly, where I thought I was going to have a lot more fun just doing the things I was doing. And it led me to uh, being arrested several times, being in trouble with the law, um, doing drugs, drinking a lot. And then it led me to a point where I was just miserable in life and, and just Honest to goodness, my journey with the Lord began with a simple prayer. I was driving down the road, and I said, God, I have tried everything in my life except for what my mom has been trying to get me to try all these years, and that's you. (laughs) You Wow, wow. And and so if you're there, will you please just show me you're real because I need something. I've been trying to fill this emptiness, 
and through everything that, you know, is cliche, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, whatever it is, I, I tried to fill my life with all of that stuff. And um, I was at work, and the Holy Spirit, I know now it was the Holy Spirit, but then it was just like this, something inside of me was telling me to stop by my church and pray. Wow. And uh, I was like, I don't want to stop by my church and pray. No, understand this, my mom is is a secretary there, has been secretary at that church for uh, many years. Yeah. And so I was like, if I could stop by there and pray, she's going to see me and she's going to get all excited, you know, and get emotional <laughs> and do what moms do. And of course. Said, you know, because you know, you've been praying for this this boy for years, you know. And uh, so if I finally snuck in, and, and after about five days, I thought I was going to go crazy if I didn't stop and pray. And I sneak into the church and the sanctuary and sat down and of course I get in the very back row of like the balcony part of it where nobody knows I'm up there you know and um there was a physical tangible presence of the Lord I I really don't think I could have stood up if I would have wanted to and and I just began to weep end up turning into hours and hours of me weeping even went home and I was weeping and but uh it was one of the handful of times I feel like the audible voice of God spoke to me and he said, I've always been here, you just haven't been looking. Wow. Yeah. And, oh wow, that's that's revelation in itself. You know, many times we think we have to go look for God and he's waiting on us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And at that point forward I said, God, my life is yours. My life is How is yours. were you, Pastor Jeff, when you this happened? <laughs> at this point in my life, I believe I was about twenty three years old. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and to, to to give you a, a idea of the what God does when we at, when we finally fully surrender to him. I was 23 years old and 2 years later I was married to my gorgeous beautiful wife and I was pioneering a church. Wow. <laughs> is it, isn't isn't that amazing? You know with God <laughs> With God, all things are possible, and you don't have to sit on a pew for years. You can you can literally Amen. get saved and and start pursuing God, and God begin to open up doors to of ministry. You know, I, I said yesterday on the program, we look at the fivefold ministry, and the fivefold ministry is so important. But you know, if you're saved, you're all called to ministry. Absolutely. We're all called to ministry, and God wants to begin to use us from the very beginning. And yeah, my my daughter absolutely. In fact, she met your wife first. Mm-hmm. And absolutely loves your wife. She just thinks she is just such an amazing young woman. And I know God is doing some amazing things through your ministry. And y'all weren't always in Midland. Y'all were in Chicago area for a while, weren't you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And and by the way, my wife is the better half. There's no getting around <laughs> that. So it, uh... <laughs> That's a smart man talking here. Yeah. It's a good thing your daughter met her first and not me. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. All right. I want to talk about this subject called the adventure of a lifetime. You, you kind of touched on it in your, Mm -hmm. your testimony. You said, you know, you, you just never saw the fun. You'd been in church your whole life and you never saw the fun or the adventure in it from your perception at that point in living for God. And, and of course we know that when we truly commit to the Lord, it is the most adventurous life there can be. But a lot of times the enemy does blind us to that so that people don't surrender to the Lord. They think, you know, they look at serving God as all the things they can't do instead of all the things that God is going to allow them to do. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to me a little bit about what does it mean to live adventurous in God and and how how does that look? Yeah, you know, I I think uh, just to start off, you know, 
fast forward now, I've been pastoring for 20 years, and I think one of the biggest things that the issues in the church today is that people have become bored with their faith because they don't know what it means to just live the adventure of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. And I'll take it back to just one verse that always just grabs my attention anyway, and and that's in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. The Apostle Paul writes, follow my example as I follow the example of, of Christ. And, and what a challenge that is, because you know, Paul, if you think Christianity is boring, yeah. then, then look at the life of the guy who's saying follow his example. Right, right. right. Nothing, <laughs> there was nothing boring about Paul's life. No, his life rivaled any thrill seeker that you would find. Right, right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he's sharing his faith in places that people wanted to kill him, right? They were trying, they, they tried to stone him to death. He was shipwrecked, bitten by poisonous snakes, beaten, arrested, eventually put to death for, for, for the gospel. And that's not a boring faith. So if you're bored with your faith, you're probably bored with life in general, right? But, but God, I think, has given us, and I think this is, was part of my issue, is that God has given us an innate desire to dream for things and to achieve things and to take risks for the kingdom of God. But so many times we, we want to make Christianity so soft and fluffy that we take away that edginess to it, so to yes. speak. Yes, yes, this and, is good. It's true. And we just become bored with our faith. And um, despite popular opinion, I think the Christian life, like you said, is intended to be the greatest adventure ever to be lived. And when Christianity becomes boring to you, I think you've settled for a false religion. And, and that has spurred a whole series that I've been teaching and preaching here at Calvary for a little while now. And uh, it's such a, a, a biblical principle. I mean, you just read your Bible and look at the early disciples, right? You know, John, uh, he was boiled in oil, but it didn't kill him. So he's exiled to the island of Patmos. Peter was crucified upside down. His wife was martyred as well. Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross. James was martyred. Philip was in prison and crucified, right? Nathaniel was uh, known as Bartholomew, was, was cruelly beaten, crucified upside down. Thomas was impaled by pagans with a spear. Uh, it's believed that Matthew was killed with a pickaxe. Now, not, not that I want those things in my life, but that's adventure. Yeah, it's adventure <laughs> you know? and it's extreme sacrifice. And it's something yeah. that the modern day church, especially the American church, I, yeah. I, I know that there are Christians worldwide that are suffering Absolutely. the same things that, that the fathers of our faith suffered. But yes. in America, we've seen, we've not seen any kind of persecution on that level. And I'm, you know, I, I was talking to my sister actually yesterday. And we were just talking about, you know, things that we perceive in America as a trial. And some of the things, and, I, and I'm talking about me. I'm not, I'm not shoveling this to somebody else. Some of the things mm -hmm. that I consider as a trial, I feel like if I was to share that with people across the world, they'd fall off and laugh because it's, <laughs> it's not a trial. It's a trial maybe in my perception because I'm mm -hmm. American. And, and, and relatively, I've had a life of ease when you compare my life to many others across the world. So I told my sister, I was saying, you know, I've been praying, Lord, strengthen my faith and, mm -hmm. and help me to love you even when, help me to love you on a level and my faith to be strong on a level that is so, such a blessing to those around me, even when things don't go the way I think they should go. Yes. Even when things don't necessarily happen the way 
I calculate in my mind or strategize in my mind the way they should happen. And so you're right. The lives of Christians that we look up to, they were, they were so adventurous, but they were also sacrificial. And, mm-hmm. and I really believe God's taken the church back to that point, the American church back to a point where we're willing to not only live that adventurous life and, and follow the Holy Spirit day to day, but we're willing to sacrifice for him whatever he would ask us to the point of death. Mm-hmm. That's real faith, Jeff. That's the real thing. What has happened to us that we've settled for this life that is so different from the early church? that is so different from the, the forefathers of our, our faith, so to speak. You know, I think now we kind of get this mindset, we'll just kind of hold on till Jesus comes back, but that's not how we're called to live our faith at all. You know, let's dream dreams and let's go win some souls until Jesus comes back, you know? Yes. Let's talk about the three keys to getting your faith to be adventurous, and I want you to really expound on that because I think that is really the key to mm-hmm. to live in the kind of life that Jesus has called us to live. Yeah, well, I'll I'll span it to, even to four keys, and okay. um, if, if I can, and sure. I think number one, and there's some of these are simple things. Okay, or I, you know, Pastor Jeff or PJ is what I go by by here is is number one is just pray, you know, and but how many Christians are are praying the way we ought to be praying today? But my point in that is you don't want it to be your adventure. You want it to be God's adventure because as we've already talked about, sometimes it's going to require you to willing willing to sacrifice and to, well, you don't want to be doing that for things that you decided that you just want to do. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. That's why he's there, you know, to lead us and guide us into things that God has for us. I I would have never have guessed in a million years that I was going to be pioneering in a church and a couple of years after I give my life to the Lord. A matter of fact, I the longer version of my testimony is I actually fought that. The, the first time I went to my new wife and said, I think God might be calling me to be in the ministry, she looked at me, she said, no, not you. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. And, and, I, and I was in agreement with her. I said, I know, but I can't help it with the Holy Spirit is speaking to me right now, you know. And, and I said, I don't want to go into ministry. That's not what I want to do. But you need to ask God to show you where in your world that you can make a difference. You know, we think many times about changing the world, and, and the, the world is a big place, and sometimes that's overwhelming. So we need to ask God, where do you, where do you want me to make a difference in my world? That's where it has to start, is yeah. in my room of influence. How can I make a difference? And Lord, lead me in this, you know? You're right, Pastor Jeff. Changing the world is one person at a time. Change, yeah, I mean, Jesus... Jesus literally rocked the whole world with 12 men. Think about it. He mm-hmm. didn't have a mega church. He didn't have even a church of 200. Now, he was That's affecting right. thousands through his crusades, right. but he poured his life into 12 men. And so you're right. Changing the world means changing the people and influencing the people that God has put in my path and believing in them. So I love that. So pray is number one. That means communion with God. And I think the next thing we have to do, and again, the simple thing, is find a need and fill it. Wow. Simple as that, you know. You know, so whoever's listening to this, the thing you need to understand is that you have people around you constantly that need to be ministered to in one way or another. Right now, 
everybody that's listening to this program, you have someone in your life, in your room of influence, that is in bondage to anything from drugs and alcohol to pornography. Their marriage is falling apart. Their family's falling apart. They're lonely. They're depressed. They're empty, and they don't know what to do. And so the question is, is what are you going to do about it as a believer in Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ? And, and if you want an adventure of God in your life, that is where it's going to begin 100% of the time. It's not going to begin, as you mentioned, with some big ministry of a 1,000 people. It's not going to begin with you overseeing some big ministry in your church and having a title behind your name that's going to begin by finding people around you that are hurting whether it be your neighbor or people at work or a family member or a friend maybe some of the lord just brings into your life while you're standing in the, in the line at the grocery store that's it that's it, it, it you don't have to tackle the biggest need in this world. Just find the one near you and meet it in the, in the name and the love of Jesus Christ. And that's where the adventure begins. You know, sometimes ministering to somebody is literally handing somebody a $20 bill that just waited <laughs> yes. on you, brought you Mexican food. Uh, yeah. The other day, I was going through uh, the line at um, the cafeteria here in town, and there was a young man a- ahead of me. And I don't know. For whatever reason, he caught my attention. He looked very, I felt in my heart that he was very burdened down and very, just just at a, at a tough place in his life. He didn't look poor. He just looked, I, don't, I can't tell you why I knew, I just knew. So mm-hmm. we're going, he's ahead of me, and he's pulling out his money, and I just said to the lady who, she knows me really well, I said, put his on mine. And he looked at me, he goes, no, ma'am, I I can pay for it. I said, no, I want to buy your dinner. I want to buy your lunch. (laughs) He goes, why do you want to buy my lunch? I said, because I just want to show you some love. He said, thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. (laughs) I didn't invite him to church. I didn't even tell him Jesus loved him. I didn't feel like doing that. I, I just wanted to show him some love. Sure. Now, I'm not saying there's been many a times I've invited church, invited people to church. There's been many of times I told them Jesus loved them. But I just wanted to show some love. And I think if we just begin to, like you said, follow the Holy Spirit, pray, and ask God to show us how we can change people's lives around us, how we can show them the love of Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. I can tell people about Jesus all day long. I can pass out a track. I can do all kinds of religious things, and that's all wonderful. But right. it's really about show me Jesus be Jesus put Jesus on you know uh be Jesus to people so okay first you pray then we find a need and fill it and there's all kinds of ways to do that yes there is yes there is yeah I think many times we're waiting for God to do something big and and he's just waiting for us to get busy you know we're, we're praying for this revival to break out and to fall into our laps and God's saying well it's there. You just need to get active in it. Yeah, you, know? you just need and, to be revival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the next thing is, is, I think once you start doing that, is then you've got you have to learn the art of sacrifice. You wow. know, it's and it, it, we don't like that. No. Let's just be honest. I hate that word. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, you know, Lord, I, I want the adventure without sacrificing because I want it to be easy. You know, I I, I want. Serving the Lord to be easy. I want, uh, you know, the adventure to be easy, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it it requires some things on our end that isn't going to be easy, and sometimes we need to sacrifice our time. 
you know, we're all busy. I don't know anybody that isn't busy. And if you're not busy, you know, let me know because I have some things I can delegate to you because well, I am you know, busy, the, right? <laughs> at the end of the day, champions are not made uh, when they compete. They're, ma- they're made when they're practicing. That's right. That's they're right. made when they're practicing. And so at the end of the day, sacrifice, it's like I'm, I'm on this journey, weight loss journey, and I've lost 35 pounds. Okay? Oh, congratulations. Yes, yes. I went from the Goodyear blimp to now just chubby. So it's all working <laughs> really well for me. So anyway, I'm, uh, I started, I just walked in the beginning, and now I'm really getting with it. We're doing weights, and we're, you know, I'm really trying to, but I'm thinking this is not fun. This is not fun. One of these, one of the young men at the church here who I love dearly, he's on staff and he's, we have this little gym set up at church and he's back there and he's like, Pastor Kelly, here's the weights. And I'm sweating and, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think holy thoughts, but I'm really aggravated because I got, I got sweat pouring off of me and, and it it just ain't pretty. I mean, I literally, I'm glistening, but it's the grease that's coming out of my skin. And, and I realized, you know, this is not fun, but the fruit of it is, here's the fruit. My blood sugar's normal now. It was running 300, so now it's normal. My blood pressure's normal now. It was high. I'm off blood pressure medicine. Uh, My energy's gone through the roof, and Mm -hmm. the the, the, the diabetes, which I have type 2, is gone because I'm eating right. Fantastic. So it's not fun. Not, I really like, I really like hot fudge sundaes. (laughs) <laughs> I really like chocolate malts. I really like hamburgers. I like fried food. I like Mexican food. I like all that. I'm having to sacrifice a whole lot of what I'm liking, but I'll tell you the benefits yeah. of it are amazing. Yeah. And, and that's how it is when we sacrifice for Jesus. It's not always great when you do it, but the rewards are amazing. Amen. Amen. I agree. And, and, and I think so many times people get stuck in a place where they well, I'm doing enough or I'm I'm doing my part or I, you know, or sometimes we don't know what to do you know but when you just begin to find needs and meet them then you got to be willing to say I'm willing to sacrifice for this I'm willing to invest into the things God wants me to do and and it's sometimes again it's your time sometimes it's your energy sometimes it is your finances sometimes here's a big one for me it, I, sometimes it's our creativity I think we have a lot of creative creative people in our churches that that hold back that creativity. Listen, our God's a creative God. I think the church should be the most creative place on the earth. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so bring that and, and offer it to the Lord because there's no telling how the Lord will use that if we're willing to sacrifice that, you know. But either way, he's not. God's not calling us just to live our Sunday morning lives and then work throughout the week and watch TV every night, you know. And there's nothing wrong with watching TV or things like that, but... He hasn't called us to this life that's constantly being entertained. He wants us to get busy for his kingdom and sacrifice for his kingdom. And But as you mentioned, the rewards of that will begin to blow your mind. Yeah. You know, the rewards of that is revival, honestly. Absolutely. You know. Personal revival. And personal revival affects family, and family affects the yes. local church. And the local churches affect the city. One of the things, and we're going to break here in about two minutes, but one of the things that you have here that I think is so important is you said we've got to surround ourselves with fellow adventurers and not those who are complacent. Now, that's powerful. Yeah, you know, and it's think of it this way. Uh, if anybody watched the Olympics lately, you know, think if you're an Olympic runner and you're training to run to the Olympics and you're training to want to, you know, break records, 
you're going to surround by yourself with people who are going to push you. You're not going to go down to Krispy Kreme Donut and find your training partner, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and, and so, you know, as a, as a uh, you know, follower of Christ, I want to surround myself with people who are like-minded, who aren't just complacent and, and doing certain things. I want to surround myself with people who are going to push me further, right. push me further spiritually, are going to push me further into the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? Further than the things I've already accomplished, and I, I want to surround myself by those people. Um, th- those are the people I want to speak into my life and to invest into my life because those are the people that, hey, we're going to live this adventure together. That's that's who I want to be surrounded with. That's exactly right. I've all I, I believe that. I've always told my kids when they were growing up, if you want to be a great basketball player, find a better one than you. If you want to be a great singer, go find a better one than you. Don't ever be intimidated by someone's talent or their ability. Realize that if you hang with them and you you stay with them, you're going to learn from them. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to have Miss Kim Walker Walker sing Relentless and then we'll be back with Pastor Jeff to talk more on this topic, The Adventure of a Lifetime. See you in a minute.
I'm so enjoying my guest, Pastor Jeff, today. We've been talking about uh, adventures of a lifetime and how that serving God, when we're truly following the Holy Spirit, is truly an adventure, and it's not boring, and it's fun, and it's, it's new every day. The Bible says His mercies are new every day. Well, His adventures are new every day. One of the things that you have talked about in this sermon that we're kind of going over is that those that uh, are used by God are not always the most talented or the most gifted, but the ones that are the most willing. Can you talk a little bit about that, Pastor Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, it's through the years of, of just ministering to people and, and trying to invest into people's lives and seeing everything that God has for them, you see real quickly that I think the people who do some of the greatest things for God's kingdom are, are not the ones who are always the most talented or gifted in any certain area. It's just those who are willing to say, I'm willing to go all in. I'm willing to to go another, you know, farther than I've gone before. Right. And I think that's that's when we enter into uh I think what I call miracle territory, so to speak, is is when we allow the Holy Spirit to speak things into our life and you see that there's a gap between maybe what the Lord is leading you to and what your abilities can do, so right. to speak. You that's know? where and, our faith comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's where miracles happen. Yeah, it's where miracles happen. And that's, you know what, that's where God can truly get the glory. Absolutely. Because if he calls me something I'm totally equipped to do, mm-hmm. it is so part of the human nature to want to take the take the credit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is. I mean, just, you know, you, I think about myself. If, if you ask me to do something that I can, I'm totally equipped to do, it, I have to work at giving God the glory. I mean, I'm a human mm-hmm. being. We got egos that we deal with and things that we have to, yes. you know, subjugate to the Holy Spirit every day. But when the Lord asks me to do something that I know I have really no ability to do outside of him, <laughs> yeah. he's going to get all the glory for it. And he's all about getting the glory and he should be he's the king of kings and the lord of lords that is right you know when when i have people that'll come to me and say you know pastor i think this is what the lord might be putting in my heart but i don't know how to do that or here's where i think the lord is is telling me to serve but i can't do that that's the point where i'm like yes yes now we're now we're at the place where god's gonna do some good stuff here because he's speaking into your heart and he's 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 gonna use you to do something that when the when it's all said and done you're going to know that he moved and other people around you are going to know that he moved. You Isn't know? And, that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's a great place to be. It is a great place to be. We're just going to, we're going to be, we're believing that as people are listening to this program today, that they're literally, that their faith is arising yes. and that they're hearing the voice of the Lord and they're not going to be fearful to step out um, into what God's called them to do, even if they feel like they're not qualified. Let's talk to about um, the four hindrances to to living the adventure. Can you go over that with me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was a few things I just felt like the Lord put on my heart that I needed to, when I was teaching my congregation these things, I, I said, you need to be aware of these. You know, Jesus even said, so to speak, count the cost, you know, and uh, if you're going to carry a cross, then and, and the builder doesn't go out and try to build a building without counting the cost first, and and is what he teaches. And I think there's things we need to know if, if as we pray for our faith to rise up and we pray to go outside to, 
the box and, and do things for God that isn't getting done, then we have to also understand there are going to be things that, that are going to come along the way and things that will, that will hold us back or things that will frustrate us. And and uh, one of the things I think is that will hold us back sometimes is sometimes I think we have some unresolved regrets in our life. And or I've witnessed this many times throughout the years where uh, there are things in your life that haven't been reconciled. I think people uh, become emotionally, spiritually paralyzed because they feel like they've already missed the opportunity in their life to go do something. They miss the opportunity to make a change in their life. They miss their opportunity to step into a calling. And I think we've all had those feelings to one degree or another at some point. Uh, maybe we feel like we've made mistakes and it's too late to really um, jump in and do what God wants us to do. Or maybe we're just fearful of doing it because we did it before and we failed or we made a mistake or didn't, you know, or sometimes people hurt us and we and we, we get mad at other people and we blame them for missed opportunities, whatever it might be in, in that category, because you could really go down a lot of, sure. lot of uh but the only way to really get past those unresolved regrets is honestly, you just have to bring them to the foot of the cross and that's allow the it. Lord to do some work because that's the only way you're going to move forward into your future without taking anger with you or taking indecision with you. That's it. And you, you, you allow the Lord to heal you of those things. And another one I think that I've seen so many times in the church as we, or in believers is we have unrealistic expectations of things. And what I mean by that is we will put off moving forward with God or taking risk or moving into the adventure. Because sometimes it's going to, you're going to take risk to do the things that God wants you to do because yes. he's going to, you know, but we, we put it off because we're waiting for the perfect environment, so to speak. You know, and there will never be that. <laughs> no, you're never going to have enough time. You're never going to have enough wisdom. You're never going to have enough energy. You're never going to have enough finances. There's never going to be the perfect time. There's never is. And th th there's no path of adventure that is without risk or, or that that's going to be perfect you sometimes you have to be willing to say all right i'm stepping up and i'm going all in right 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 and uh the the third thing is i think that uh, hinders us is sometimes we cling to past adventures in our life you know it's i think it's our human nature to kind of uh, glorify the past you know the good old days and and uh, you get to know me, and I always tease people because when I was young, but you know, when I was a teenager, I had a beautiful mullet. I was a beautiful hair head of hair that I had, and uh, you know, I, I would love to have that mullet today. You know, I, and uh, my I, I tease my kids because they tell me my hair is getting thinner, and I say I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna have a comb over. I'm gonna have a mullet over. I'm gonna grow in the back and flip it back over on the top. I tell them to get back to the good old days. You know, and. Uh, but I think sometimes we do that spiritually. You know, over time, our tendency is to become a prisoner of, of the adventures we have in our past, and we fail to grasp that sometimes God uses us, uses us in ways, and those adventures will die off, but new adventures are meant to take their place, yes, you know? Yes. And, and God's working in the now. He's moving us higher, further, and deeper now, and, he's, and he wants to use you now. And so don't get frustrated if, if things change around you. Sometimes that means God just has something new for you because the measure of our spiritual maturity is not based on our ability to replicate past experiences that we've had with God. Right. And, I, and, and I think so often we try to spend our time, our energy, our creativity trying to get back to things that we've already did. You know, when what we need to do is embrace the things that God wants to do now and do in the future through us. Let's, let's not limit God by just only moving in the room of past experiences, right? Right, absolutely. And uh, the, the other thing is, is sometimes I think we don't understand uh, what is at risk 
you know, uh, we think, well, you know, if the Lord might be speaking this to me and he might be stirring this within me, but, you know, I don't have the time. I, I don't have the ability to do it. And, and we think somebody else will do it. It'll get done. It'll get done for the kingdom of God. You know, and the only person that's affecting is me. Well, no, no. If the Lord is putting something in your, in your heart, first of all, and you're you're not going to do it, then somebody else is going to have to do it. Right, right. right. God's God's going to use somebody else. Yes, you're right about that, but that's not that's not fair to the body of Christ when he's right. when he's put you to be the part that that accomplishes those things or, or does those things, and and so you're putting unneeded strain on the body of Christ. And sometimes, you know, even as as a church as a whole we leave for future generations to do some things that we ought to be doing in the kingdom of God. That's exactly right. We need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need to have to just tell us over and over and over and box us into a corner. We need to be, whatever it is, the simplest things, the, the maybe the what we consider the biggest things, but really I found that it's the simple, it's when you learn simple obedience and the small things, when the big things come around, it's not a hard thing. Yeah, but when you right. don't learn simple obedience and the little things, then when the big things come around, you know, and a lot of times the big <clears> things <throat> never come around. You know, I, I, I told one, I was counseling this one one person, and they they came back to me and I asked him, well, let me ask you this. Did you do what I asked you last time? <laughs> and they said, no. I said, well, I said, turn around and go out that door and don't come back to see me until you did what I said the first time. Because you're wasting my time. Yes. And you're not serious about getting help. Now, that may sound mean because I am a very compassionate person, but I think sometimes the Lord gives us little things to do. Mm-hmm. And and then we want him to we want we like the grandiose things that you know we yes. want we want to do the big things where people will notice and see and but it's the little things that the Lord's asking Callie to do that I need to mm-hmm. do consistently and then I believe opportunities will come around to do some of those big things oh, that yeah. that you enjoy so much so simple obedience and not being fearful to just step out and do what God's called us to do and you're so right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, and you talk about fear, you know, it's there's great people that, I mean, people have done great things in the kingdom of God, but they had, they've had to overcome certain fears to get there and, and to, and to move into that. And, you know, uh, one of the testimonies that always just, I marvel at is that of William Seymour and William Seymour was born to two slaves or former slaves. I take that back. And, and uh, he, had smallpox when he was young and lost sight in one of his eyes. And, you know, he, he grows up in a Baptist church and yet begins to hear about, as he ends up pastoring a church in the Holiness Church, and I think down in Houston area, I believe, and he uh, begins to hear this rumor about people who are being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And it's kind of a foreign idea at the, in this time frame. It's like, you know, how can that be happening, even though it's in the Bible, you know? And and so he, <laughs> he begins to study the subject and eventually believes that it is indeed for today by what he reads in the Bible. And so he, long story short, he gets invited to preach at this church out in Los Angeles. 
and with the possibility to become pastor where he begins to speak about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, it makes people there mad at him. They lock him out of the church. He ends up living with a couple out there, begins to preach on their front porch, and revival begins. They be, him and other people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in tongues. It, it comes to a point where thousands of people are coming, and they buy this or get this building on Azusa Street, and it becomes what is known as Azusa Street Revival, right? And, right. and today— Every Pentecostal or charismatic believer in, in in America, hundreds of millions of, of Pentecostal believers trace can back trace, to that. Yeah, can trace back to that. Well, you, well, you know, he had overcome fears. Um, you know, what if he would have never got past the thinking of, well, you know, I, I just need to, you know, not step out on these things. Here's a guy that was still experiencing racism like never before at that yeah. point in our and nation. You know what, you Randy? Know? You know what, Randy? Out of Houston was racism. Uh, mm-hmm. He he was run out of Houston. He he tried the revival that happened in L.A. was mm-hmm. was supposed to happen here, but yeah, that's something. But they ran him out, and I'm asking God in Jesus' name to forgive us and give us that revival again uh, in Houston and in Texas, because um, a mighty man of God, and he came to Houston um, to to start to have that revival, and then it ended yeah. up in L.A. So you you're right, we. God wants us to overcome the fear. There is yeah. nothing that you'll ever do for God. If it's truly God, you're going to feel a little fear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but here's the thing is when God stirs you and you that calling, when the Holy Spirit is stirring things inside of you, the thing that you need to, to get inside of you is this, is that your enemy at that point is not lack because God can supply whatever is needed. Your enemy is not sickness. Your enemy is not a person, place, or thing. The only enemy you have to face when God stirs something inside of you is overcoming that fear. That's it. That's overcoming it. the fear to obey. And that's it, you know, And because when fear becomes part of your decision-making process, it negates the power of God in your life. You know, but when you when you don't let fear to become part of that decision-making process and just say, I'm going to move forward because I trust God, so I'm going to walk into my calling and my purpose and my adventure, this vision God has given me, these opportunities God has given me, God's going to be there to supply and take care of the rest. You know, I had an experience, and I actually preached about it Sunday. I preached a message on facing your Goliath. The other, I've been walking every morning, and I typically walk out, you know, in my neighborhood when it, the weather permits. And uh, I got up one morning to walk and went outside and stepped out, and I didn't get started good, and it, it a downpour just it just began to downpour. So mm-hmm. typically, I'll just run up run back into the house, grab my keys, and go to the gym, okay? But this day I heard the Holy Spirit say, face the rain, walk in the rain, face the storm. And I'm like, I'm like, Lord, it's lightning. This is crazy. And he goes, I'm going to take care of you. Just face the rain. So I'm out there, you know, walking. It's, it's pouring. Water's dripping off of me. And I'm like, okay, surely there's a lesson here. The third time around this big block of mine, it, I mean, quit raining completely. It didn't slow down. It just quit. And I look wow. up and the sun is shining. And, wow. the, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, many times, many times, my people don't realize that their season of breakthrough is through facing the storm, not wow. running from it, not hiding from it. Just That's put right. your head in it and face it. Walk straight dab into it. You're not going alone, Callie. I'm with you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going, nothing's going to happen. It may look crazy, but if you'll just face it. 
And, and that's why it's so important when Holy Spirit begins to speak to us something that we feel like we cannot do in the natural. If we will just face that fear and walk into it, the fear will dissipate and faith to accomplish the will of God will abound. For sure. Yes, absolutely. God calls us to walk by faith, not by fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about the troubles you'll face as an adventurer before we start praying for everybody. Let's talk about that. Sure. You know, and again, it goes back to, I think we just have to know, count the cost when when the Lord stirs something and know that some of these things are going to happen and don't because the enemy wants to derail, you know, the, if he can't have you as a sinner, then he, he wants you to be ineffective as a saint. You that's know? it. And, Boy, that's it, and, Pastor Jack. And, and so he's going to sidetrack you with these things. And if you don't know they're coming, then you will get frustrated because the, the more you step out for the Lord, the more these things are going to happen. Number one is I just kind of, I, I label them as four pains. One is the, the pain of relationships. And what I mean by that is as long as you stay in your expected box, you know, people are going to be happy with you. But when, when you grow impatient with the constraints of, of that and you want to break free and allow the Holy Spirit to actually make your faith and into an adventure, you're going to be surprised at sometimes who will actually begin to oppose you in that because yeah. <laughs> maintaining status quo doesn't intimidate anybody, right? No. And, and most people prefer it because – you know, status quo doesn't expose the inadequacy of their complacencies, what right, it comes down to. Right. And so you're going to find out that there's going to be other people that do not want to put the effort, time, money, creativity, energy into the things that you want to when the Holy Spirit stirs you. And by you doing it, it, it begins to uh, threaten them, so to speak. Yeah, you know? and well, so, you know, people don't. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm the eternal optimist, but most people don't enjoy other people's success, bravery, <laughs> or adventure. And so That's when right. you when you kind of accept that and just love people where they are, you get a whole lot farther down life. <laughs> That's right. And, and I think another one is be prepared to be misunderstood. Absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> when you're hungry for more, and chances are people who aren't are going to misunderstand you and you're going to be misinterpreted. Um, when you choose to push ahead into unexplored areas, you, you're going to risk unfair judgment and accusation upon you because when you have the Holy Spirit to rise up in you and you begin to do things that are not getting done for God's kingdom or you begin to do them in different ways and they're currently being done, the people who aren't willing to do or are unwilling to change, they're going to question why you would. And, uh, and, and you say, well, why would they do Well, they did it to Jesus. They'll do it to you, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we're no different than him for sure. <laughs> And I think you got to risk uh, the third one would be just loneliness sometimes. And again, what I mean by that is when you want to go all in for God, when you want to follow the adventure wholeheartedly, you have a vision, you have a purpose, you're excited about it. Often other people are not going to join you until the hard work is already done. And you have to understand that. You know, they're going to join you when there's already victories to celebrate, but they're not going to be part of the hard work that gets to that victory, so That's to speak. And, and, and if you're not prepared for that, you're going to walk away, but understand and, and know that sometimes you're going to be on your own or you're going to be the one that does all the hard work. But, you know, in, in the book of Hebrews, it writes about kind of like the hall of fame of faith, but it's right after that where he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. In other words, you don't, don't fix your eyes or focus on the people who don't support you or misunderstand you or criticize you focus on Christ because he's the one that's speaking things into your heart. That's so good. That's so good, Pastor Jeff. Yeah. 
and, and I think the last one, this is such a key one, it's, it's just criticism. You're going to face criticism at times, and and I hate it, but at the same time, when if, you're, if you want to just be on fire for the Lord and allow him to use you in, in ways that he's not using you, know that this is part of it. Because you mentioned already, pe- people sometimes resent success in people. I think there's two things that people resent in other people, and that's failure and success. It's both of those things, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but adventures will always be criticized. Naysayers will always question the viability of every adventure you pursue. You know, I, I read a lot of books. I, I read a lot, um, just uh, Christian books. And, and if you read about just a lot of the, the great men and women who are doing things for the kingdom of God, they all share one thing, and that is that they've all been criticized along the way by somebody. Yeah, well, if you're not yeah. being criticized, you're dead. You know, you're dead. You may not be dead physically, but you're yeah. de- you're dead emotionally. You're not doing anything. If you're doing right. something that counts, that makes a difference, you're going to be criticized. So just, mm-hmm. you know, just deal with it. Just mm-hmm. absolutely deal with it and, 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 yep. and just keep going. Uh, real quick, Pastor Jeff, can you tell people where they can find your sermons, blogs, yes. uh, more about you and your wife, Tina? Absolutely. Our website is calvarymidland.org. And most of ours, our, my sermons and things like that are actually on our Facebook page, which is just Calvary Midland on Facebook. And uh, if you like on there, all of our sermons are audio on there right there. And I also do about four or five times a week. I do about a two minute uh, video devotional on our Facebook page as well. And uh, we uh, currently, we don't put those on our website, but eventually we'll, but if you want to know more about the church, it's calvarymidland.org. If you want to hear more about these things, it's on just Calvary Midland on the Facebook page. Well, I will say this. I really felt today as listening to you speak, you've been such a blessing and you've given us so much truth and we're going to pray for our listeners. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to say this. I feel like your greatest days are ahead. And you you and Tina are going to do great things for the Lord there in Midland, Texas. Um, It's only just begun. It's really only (laughs) just begun. And uh, I just see God allowing a lot of y'all's dreams. I see uh, not only your dreams, but your wife's dreams coming to pass. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of supernatural things happening to make those. God's going to move some mountains for you. Thank you. He's going to move some mountains. He's going to move some mountains for Tina. I see some real blessing financially, spiritually. Uh, I just, I see, I don't know. Maybe you've written this down, but I see like a, um, a yellow legal pad. And all these things written down, and and you've checked some of them off, but you've got a whole lot you haven't checked off. And there's <laughs> been some times that you've said, Lord, what about all this? I know you spoke this when the Lord says it's coming. It's coming, Jeff. Amen. You've been faithful, and you've, you've loved the Lord. You love people, and God is going to be so faithful to you, your wife, and your children. And um, I just see so much blessing for you. And I'm so thankful that you came on the show today. What you've had to say is not only ministered to me, but it's ministered to hundreds, thousands of people on BPN radio and giving people a lot of encouragement to join in in this huge adventure with Jesus. I'm going to pray real quickly, and then I'm going to ask you to pray, Pastor Jeff. Lord, I just thank you for every listener today. I thank you for everyone that is joined in and tuned in to BPN Radio today. I pray, God, that you bless, encourage, and that faith will arise in the hearts of the people. 
Yes. Lord, we declare that faith will arise in the hearts of your people. They'll begin to believe and see that they can do all things. God, they can Mm -hmm. do all things through you because you're the one that strengthens them. And I just just thank you, Lord, that faith is being ignited. I thank you, Lord, that people are going to step out into their promised land. They're not going to be afraid of the giants that are ahead. They're going to know that you're going to help them. You're going to defeat the giants. And I just, I give you the praise and the glory. Pastor Jeff, if you'll pray. Yes, Lord, I pray for anyone who is out there and listening to this program who maybe has just been struggling with with stepping forward and doing the things that they already know that God is speaking into their heart. Lord, I, again, I pray for that faith to rise up and let them know that they are not to be intimidated by anything, any of the lies from the enemy, that that stuff will go away and that, yes, they can do it. Yes. You know, they can do all things through Christ that is in them. And so if what God is speaking into your heart is seems bigger than what you can do, do not be intimidated by that. Do not fear that. Actually be excited about that because yes. that means he is asking you to step into a place that he can move and he can do miracles and his glory could be great. And so I pray for that faith that to rise up. I also pray for anyone who might be listening that is is serving you, Lord, with all the, with all of their heart, but they're frustrated or they're beaten down or they're weighed down, or maybe they've been criticized or or maybe they didn't have the support that they thought they were gonna have, but inside their heart they know they're doing what you want them to be doing. I pray that you would encourage them. Yes. Holy Spirit be an encourager and be a comforter in this and, and renew that fire inside of them to rise up again and keep going because because I believe that great things are ahead for them as they follow in their obedience to you. Lord, at the end of the day, we want this to be about you yes. and your glory and yes. your kingdom going forward. And that's what we're praying for. Lord, we love you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome this morning to Thursday Watch. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. For the past hour, you've been listening to the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.